Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Monday, September 7th, 2020. Today we are reviewing a brand new Hulu movie starring Vince Vaughn. It's called The Binge. It's pretty much a purge meets um, drugs. Yeah. The purge meets drugs. Fantastic way of putting it. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I was going to like compare more movies to it, but that was all I got. Drugs. Um, and then before that, though, uh, obviously some big... News related to the the movie industry, the passing of Chadwick Boseman. That happened right after we posted, or actually I think right before we posted uh, last week's episode, but we pre-record these. After we recorded, yeah. So we did not talk about it last week. Uh, We're just going to talk about his legacy, you know, his uh, impact to the industry, just his impact to life, culture as a whole, you know, and it's just kind of sad. We don't really know what we're going to go with it, but let's get into the show. Let's do it. I don't feel so good. Hulk! Smash! Hey, look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! All right. So, our last episode, Jay, came out on... Was it a Monday? Excuse me. Yeah. We recorded on a Wednesday. That Friday, August 28th, Chadwick Moseman uh, tragically passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, 
turns out he has been battling colon cancer for the past four years. Yeah. Um, which is wild to think about to begin with. Kept it private, even from those in the industry. Um, yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige was unaware. Yeah. Which he's the top Disney exec there is. Like, if he doesn't know with everything they have going on, he, he kept it very close to the chest. Yeah. Um, it, it's tragic. It sucks. Um, you know, you see him. It was on Jackie Robinson Day also. That, that also, yeah. Which, that's fucking so sad, man. Um, yeah. You know, someone who portrayed so many different iconic characters in film. Mm-hmm. Um, from Jackie Robinson to, you know, Black Panther, which was, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, he's also had a couple other ones. Well, yeah. Um, so he played Jackie Robinson. He played James Brown. Yeah. He played, uh, and I, I'm not going to pretend like I knew this guy beforehand. Uh, Riley informed me Thurgood Marshall, which was, I believe the first African-American Supreme court justice, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. Um, I believe so. Yeah. He was the first, the court's first African-American justice. Um, and then obviously Black Panther, which again, it's a fictional, it's a fictional character, uh, obviously, you know, Jackie Robinson and stuff that's historic, but still black Panther in a sense is, I don't want to say as important, but it, it's very important just to the culture and everything, you know, it was the first black Panther was the first African-American, the first black superhero, you know, back in the comics days, wasn't the first movie, I believe, uh, Wesley Snipes, no blade yeah, and that kind of stuff. But it was the first of, you know, we're in this superhero boom yeah. right now with everything. And he, it was a black directed Starring black actors, and it grossed over a billion dollars. Yeah, um, we've talked about it before. You know, it got its Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. We don't know if necessarily the movie itself was worthy of that, but what it did culturally, which is the key thing, is absolutely what pushed it to that point. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, and it's just you know people don't might not realize, especially if you're like me, you know, and you're white and you're a guy. You know, representation is big. Growing up, I had so many people that I could look at Spider-Man and be like, that's me. I could look at Superman and be like, you know, that's me. You know, literally, too, because my muscles. Um, hmm. Just not even that. <laughs> and, you know, there's there's other kids, you know, and other just people, you know, and a little black boy, you know, before that didn't wasn't looking at Wesley Snipes, you know, because that was just kind of a different thing. It was more Absolutely. of an adult movie and whatnot. But yeah, it, it just doesn't have that representation. And, you know, to have that, there's so many, you know, young kids now. Now, you know, this, we're going to feel these impacts for 10, 15 years. There's so many young kids now that are looking up to Chadwick Boseman, looking up to Black Panther. Not, you know, I don't want to say not Chadwick Boseman, but looking up to Black Panther as, you know, that representation. Like, you know, I could be a superhero too, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, obviously it is Black Panther, but it's Chadwick Boseman and the character he yeah. portrayed and what him and the group collectively did. Um, it's huge, dude. And you look at it and you look at, how people were dressing up going to this and everything like, and you wonder why, like why is everyone getting dressed up for this? Like it, and it's because this is the first of its kind. Yeah. It was something where they could go and see someone that looks like them on screen. Yeah. Um, it was, it wasn't just a black character. It was an African story. Yeah. They had a lot of, you know, tribal type stuff and it was something that was very much huge for culture. And he played a huge role in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I almost compare like what he what he's doing, what he did with the uh, superhero genre, you know, because it's opening more doors. You know, you have a uh, Shang-Chi, which is going to be, you know, the first Asian, you know, superhero mm-hmm. um, Black Widow, I believe. Isn't that no Captain Marvel was the first woman led. Yeah, I believe it almost kind of reminds me of like the princess movement of like the 90s and early 2000s. You know, you had 
uh, Pocahontas and Mulan and then uh, Tiara from Princess and the Frog. It's kind of similar in that regard. Um, and he's kind of, you know, the – what's the word? The first – the trailblazer. He's the trailblazer of it, you know. And it, it's just sad. He played so many iconic roles. Um, again, kept it secret for four years. You know, no one knew anything was wrong with him. He was getting crap on the internet for looking skinny, you know. And yeah. I don't want to – I'm not going to, like, sit here and bash people for – poking fun at it because they didn't know you know what i mean like obviously it's not good in hindsight but i mean it's tough and you never know what someone's going through yeah um you know and not only what he did on film but he portrayed this huge character and then yeah there's so many things of him going out of his way to go to you know make a wish things and going and visiting you know kids battling cancer in the hospital who look up to him and see him while he's also going through this struggle yeah no one knew that. And, you know, that's something where he probably feels like shit. He probably yeah. wants to do nothing but sit at home. And he knows how important it is. He knows that what he did mattered. Yeah. And he still, you know, pushed through it all. And that's incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard this or not. He already recorded his voice acting stuff for the Disney What If series. Oh, really? So that will be his last thing, they think, that will release. Okay, because he hasn't filmed anything. Like, I don't think so. Okay. So similar to how when Stan Lee passed away, he was in Into the Spider-Verse was his last thing. Yeah. It was an animated. Um, they're thinking that'll probably be his last thing as well, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and it brings up, you know, there are some insensitive outlets and whatnot where this the first thing they talked about was the MCU and whatnot, which yeah. is not important. But based on what we always talk about, it is worth mentioning because, you know, he did create this massive thing, which is now a massive part of this overall universe. And I was talking to Riley about this. Like, it's easy to kind of be like, look, we lost our key guy, like out of respect for him. Like, we don't want to carry this on. But at the same time, you know, it still is that representation. It still means so much to so many people. And Chadwick himself, I guarantee you, would want, you know, it to continue and to continue touching people's lives. Um, I think the biggest theory would be that Shuri kind of becomes the Black Panther. I don't know. I'm sure there's some sort of comic book precedent for that. Yeah, she does in the comics. And it's almost like out of respect, continue what he started. Yeah, exactly. He started this thing of, you know, representation and showing that, you know, people who look like him, I think he accepted his, uh, he accepted some award and he was like to be young, black and talented or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things like, you know, they've always been able to do this kind of stuff. It's just now that you're showing it and proving it. Yeah continue to do that um i think out of respect you don't recast you don't know do yeah, like that. no recasting move forward with it and i think if you do use that shuri character mm-hmm. you now have a black woman led superhero movie which again yeah that's awesome uh one thing i talked about with riley is i just want to like what's your percentage chance of this um is there any any way that michael bb jordan <laughs> reprises his role in some way to like continue it on, no, you don't think so. I don't think there's any way they do that type. Of I know thing. there was rumors like back in the day, like two years ago, that he would somehow come back or whatever. I I think they go another direction. They introduce another character. They do something else. Obviously, you still want that representation. You still yeah. want to continue what he built. Um. Well, no, not Michael B. Jordan as Black Panther, but just coming back for the yeah, thing as his character. I don't foresee it because I know a lot of things that are like recast and almost like just let it be like a fourth wall thing. Let him play the Black Panther. Yeah, no. I don't agree with that at no, all. No, yeah, no recasting. No. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe he comes back, but I think the best thing to do is you know 
continue moving forward with the other people who helped build this incredible thing. Yeah. Who were already in it. And obviously you can introduce more, but well, Shuri was already kind of getting a little bit of like a, seemed like she had a bigger role in, in the future of the MCU. So yeah, it sucks, man. You know, the least important thing is how they handle it in the cinematic universe. It, it isn't. The only thing that matters is continuing to build upon and show the, the morals and you know, what kind of person he was, what he wanted Mm-hmm. continue to respect what he did. Obviously he knew this meant a lot if he was going through stage three, stage four colon cancer and still doing all this stuff. Yeah. He knew how much it meant. He knew this is what he wanted to do. Don't, yeah. don't give up on that. Don't waste that. So his last uh, post humorous film, actually he does have a, a live action. It's not post humorous. No. Posthumous. I've been saying that wrong my entire life. <laughs> um, it's called, um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's an upcoming drama film directed by George C. Wolfe. Based on the play of the same name by August Wilson, it centers on a fateful recording session of Mother of Blues, Ma Rainey, in 1927 Chicago, highlighting the racist exploitation, exploita- ex- exploitation. exploitation, I cannot talk today, of black <laughs> artists and the struggle to combat institutional oppression. So again, another movie based on, you know, these these struggles that they have to go with. He is the uh, lead character alongside Viola Davis, who is Ma Rainey. He plays Levy, who probably Levi. No, L E V E E. Oh, I think it's actually Levy this time. I don't okay, think I fucked that one up. Um, <laughs> that is set to release November twenty seventh, two thousand twenty. It is a ne- Netflix original. Well, I don't know if it's Netflix original, but it's releasing on Netflix. So I don't know when the stuff was recorded. I'm pretty sure the animated show is going to release after that, but this will be. I guarantee this movie does great, and it's another thing of him showing, you know, what he believed in. Filming uh, ended last August 2019. Okay. So. Uh, it's just crazy, though, just to look at all the work he did and everything he did because he knew how much it meant um, while going through all of this. Yeah, man. It's sad. It's really sad. Um, to lighten the mood, I guess, we could talk about the binge. Yeah, let's switch it. And review it. I don't like being sad, Jay. I've been sad on a couple of pods here recently to start. I don't like that. Yeah. Let's talk about drugs. Okay. The Binge on Hulu. Uh, Vince Vaughn. Skyler. I know his first name. <laughs> I don't know their fucking names, man. Skyler Gusando. Gusando. You know Gisando. him if you saw him. He's uh, the annoying kid in Booksmart, if you've seen Booksmart. Uh, Eduardo Franco is also from Booksmart. He's the guy that has sex with the teacher. Long hair. Um, and that's all I really know. I feel like I knew Dexter Darden. So did I. I, I. I don't know where from, though. He's in the Maze Runner movies. Never seen those. I don't know. What'd you think, Ty? I mean, well, we talk about the plot. Yeah, so overall, the synopsis of it is it's basically The Purge, but with dr- drugs. Yes. Once a year. Well, they And alcohol. And alcohol. They outlawed alcohol, outlawed all drugs. Except for once a year. So people can't even drink normally except for this one night. Yeah. And it's very much not taken seriously like The Purge. It's making fun of it. It's almost like a spoof. It's not a spoof because spoof makes it like – it's like a satire on it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and people just party and get fucked up this one night a year. Yeah. And they are 18. Mm-hmm. And it's their first year they can legally binge. Mm-hmm. And they uh, go on a nice little adventure trying to get to the big party. Yeah. So – and then Vince Vaughn plays the principal – who is also the father of the love interest of the movie, um, played by Grace Van Dien. I don't know. I don't remember what her character name was in the movie. Fuck me. I know it. 
<laughs> I don't know it. Um, yeah, so the whole thing, pretty much, yeah, they're going to this party. They're kind of not like the coolest kids, but they're trying to go to the party. And so he can ask her to prom and all that stuff. A lot of shit happens in between then. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lena, right? Is that right? It doesn't feel right, but I think it is right. What'd you give it for plot slash story, Ty? I give it a 12. Okay. Um, the plot slash story is not incredible. Yeah. You've got some twists. Yeah. Um, the principal being the legendary partier. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that twist. That was funny. Yeah. It was almost reminded me of like a, a Frank the Tank type vibe from old school. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just this old dude who's like, I can still fucking party. <laughs> well, it was funny too because earlier in the film they kind of like uh, teased it. He's like, if anyone taught asks you tell him the panther sent him or something like sent you or (laughs) whatever and then he fucking just takes off his jacket and he's got a a panther tattoo on his shoulder (laughs) and everyone freaks out that el pantera is back um i gave it an 11 out of 20 uh i gave i was originally gonna give it a 10 i gave it a plus one for a different twist um i jokingly said that i knew the kid like i was like oh the kid's gonna be the one that's asking her to prom because there was that whole intricate thing like some one guy was doing this intricate way to ask her to prom, so he had to beat him to the library, you know, to ask her. You find out that it's his best friend. Um, set it up for set him. Set him up for him, yeah. Hags. Uh, so I kind of didn't expect that, honestly. I didn't either. I thought that was a nice little twist. Um, but I gave it originally a 10 plus 1. It, it was just such a – I've seen this movie a million times. It was – wild night adventure somewhere you know we've seen that with like uh like get hard not get hard what's the john cena movie john cena oh um blockers blocker like it's it's just such a like yeah it's we, very similar we to have to go one place it's these kids they run into some trouble oh the friends get in a fight right before the third act of the movie and they're arguing and then they're not friends again and then something will help them become friends again and it was just it was really like cookie cutter. We've seen this kind of wild night, you know, got to get to this place, but we're running into trouble. That's keeping us from getting to this place. I feel like we've seen that a million times. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So, I mean, I, I'm not like the few twists they made with it. Yeah. I like the, the idea of it, the little spin on it and, you know, played for jokes. Yeah. So I don't, eh, 12, 11 sounds about right. It's nothing incredible. You're not going to be taken fucking blown away by the story. Yeah. It, it's serviceable. Yeah. Visual slash cinema, cinema, cinematography. I'm stuttering today, dude. I think you're in the wrong line of work, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave it a 12. Really? I liked the musical part of it. It made me laugh. I gave it a 15. Oh, wow. For I, what? I liked the musical, as you said, that boosted. And just like the, the uh, like when they get to the library and all the drugs and the like party that vibe. party scene. I don't know. I thought this movie wasn't trying to blow you away visually, but I thought what they were trying to accomplish with just like this chaotic, you know, some of the scenes where they're tripping and stuff and just, I thought they did a good job with it. That's fine. I I wasn't blown away by anything. I liked when they, uh, I think it was the limo driver. His face like turns into like, they see like are tripping and his face turns into something else. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, I don't know. Some of it, the fucking cow scene. What about it? It was whatever. It looked whatever. <laughs> um, it definitely wasn't trying to be artsy or anything, but I think similar to the story, it did a good enough job. Yeah. And I gave a little bonus points because I liked that. You expect them to go on a trip and it to be a bunch of different shit. And their trip is just, we're going to have a random musical. That was funny, though. It made me laugh. I <laughs> knew you would like it, too, when we were watching. I was like, Tyler loves his musicals. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I, it's a newfound love. And it was like... 
it was just that this movie didn't take itself serious and like it knew it wasn't taking itself serious it made it clear it wasn't taking itself serious and just the whole time they're like questioning why they're even singing and it was funny then right afterwards he was like i don't know i was tap dancing i just ended up at the party <laughs> yeah they didn't even like explain it it was just like it happened so i don't know i, I like the visuals i like like i said like kind of the party thing all the drugs and um the drinking montage when they're at like that it looks like a denny's one question i had about the plot slash story like why do these restaurants even have bars if they can't serve alcohol 364 days in the year of the year they're making ba- it's like black friday i guess but i don't know you would think i think you're making so much money this day of the year also <laughs> who the fuck cares it's very much intentional for this story <laughs> so i gave it a 15 though a little bit higher than you yeah key elements ty what'd you give it key elements jay I'm going to bump it up one. Okay. I give it a 15. I also gave it a 15. I laughed fairly decent amount. Yeah, this movie movie. did make me laugh more than I thought it was going to. I saw the original reviews, which we'll get to later. Mm -hmm. Not very good critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Really good audience. We'll get to it later, Jay. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Bleep that out. That's too much work. (laughs) Um I laughed a lot. I wasn't yeah. expecting a lot, and I went into this, and the movie didn't take itself serious. Yeah. And it was very much played for laughs, and there was some slightly cringeworthy shit. Yeah. They were definitely a, uh, we're going to take as many shots as we can, <laughs> and some are going to land. Yeah. And sometimes they hit the half-court three, other times they miss the layup. Um, I like one of the parts I like, laughed at the most that instantly comes to mind is when they were in the limo with the limo driver. And I forgot what they were even saying, but he's like, no, I'm just always in the South Florida state of mind <laughs> like that. Yes. <laughs> He's like, I'm not even from Florida. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, I'm not even from Florida. I'm just always in the South Florida state of mind. Um, there was a couple of just funny, stupid fucking lines. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Okay, so this kind of goes in the plot slash story. I almost felt like Vince Vaughn, like you could have completely just left that dynamic out of it. Like it was kind of just like, we have Vince Vaughn. Let's fit, figure out a way to fit him in the movie. You know what I mean? Um, but he was great when he was in it. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. I love the so, locker scene at the beginning where he's talking to the guy. Yeah. He's like, we wouldn't want anyone to take that out of context now, would we? <laughs> he's like, I'm going to walk that back. <laughs> and then when he's doing like the thing, he's like, don't end up like her. Don't end up a hideous person, like a burn victim. He's like, do you think she likes being singled out? And he's got like her up on the fucking slideshow <laughs> and shit. Yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. I was cracking up. Um, it was good though, man. I mean, it was funny. I, I laughed more. It wasn't like a super laugh my ass off, but it made me laugh a fair amount. I, it wasn't hilarious fucking dying of laughter. It was very enjoyable chuckles throughout yeah. the entirety of it. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's one of those movies, too. I think if you rewatch it, you'll probably laugh just as much, if not more, because you'll just pick up on more things. Like, I, this movie has quotable potential. Definitely. Definitely it has, has, you know, like a quotable. If this movie came out in, like, 2003, before, like, streaming, and we were just, like, overloaded with movies, like... It very well could have just become one of those like cult classics that aren't that great, but people just love quoting it. I I'm 100% with you on that. Like the South Florida State of Mind. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> so there's a, and that really pisses me off that I can't think of other ones because there was a couple that I knew I should have fucking wrote down because I was just laughing at how absurd. They I know were. you said the cow scene was whatever, but I did laugh when he got ran over by the truck. That got an audible chuckle out of me. That was one where it was like he's very obviously about to get hit by a truck. Well, just me. the whole thing, like giving the cow coke and everything, like. It was funny. Fucking ridiculous, dude. Um, I don't know. Fucking, it's good shit. I know. I should write down moments that make me laugh, too. I need to do that. Because there's lines in here that... Very quotable. I will be watching this again, probably. I'm on a movie quotes website. Um, 
Give me some. These something. aren't even funny. God damn it. Uh, when they roofied their parents. I don't think that's funny. I don't know. It was funny, though. We need to do better research, Jay. I, my research was watching the movies. No, I said we. We need to take notes. Probably. Characters, what'd you give it? Hold on, let me go back to my document. I give it a 15. I gave it a 13 for characters. Okay. I think the movie as a whole was better than the individual parts besides Vince Vaughn. Okay. I, I don't know if it's because I like the one kid from Booksmart, but I liked him in this. Um, I thought the the... I keep forgetting his name, Hags. I thought he was fine. He was kind of like a serviceable, you know, kind of like friend role that we've seen all the time. I do think the other guy was a little weird and a little forced at times, like Eduardo Franco, like the mm-hmm. scene when he's screaming at his mom and stuff. That was just kind of like cringe. That one, yeah, I didn't like. Um, There's also the, this plot where the whole way they got the wristbands was he was like, let me be your wingman tonight and you can get those wristbands. And they're like, okay. And then at the end he was like, you guys don't want me here? Like, yeah, no shit they don't want you here. You fucking bribed them to hang out with you all night. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah, but I liked the main kid. Um, I thought everyone else was fine. I liked the the small role. Like the, I think the the uh, limo driver was like that Dion Waiters Award we've talked about that Bill Simmons does. Did the most with the, the littlest amount of time. Because he was funny in his two minutes he was on screen. I He was all funny. I also liked the uh, the DJ. Okay. The DJ dude, he's from, I don't know what it is. It's like the Paranormal Activity spoof where he just keeps saying Hami. (laughs) And I know me and Brandon have said Hami so many times, and I know it's from that. And it's fucking, (laughs) I just think of him every time. Like, I think of that every time I see him. And so I think he got points for me from being in a different movie. (laughs) I just laugh when I see him. Um, You know, the supporting characters, whatever, the girl that was, like, mean to him, all that, that was just kind of whatever, textbook. But Vince Vaughn, I thought, was hilarious in this. um, And that's kind of what bumped it up to a 15. Um I, I like the main kid. I really liked Vince Vaughn. I liked the uh, limo driver, and that kind of um brought me up to a fifteen. I'm not gonna go full fifteen. I'm gonna go up one to fourteen. Talking about it more, I think I did like the main character a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then Vince Vaughn fucking killed me. I loved <laughs> every time he was on screen. He was good, man. Vince Vaughn, dude, he's just good at what he does. He's electric. Um, I, I loved the scene where it was like the the competition, and there's the donut on the alligator. And just all of a sudden, you oh, see yeah. him. He's just like seducively eating the fucking donut. Well, the guy puts the donut on his nose, and then they're like, "You have to count down to three or whatever." And then the fucking donut's just off the alligator's nose, and Vince Vaughn has it in his hand, and they don't even explain it. It's just so obviously everyone would have saw it, but it was like it cut away in the movie, so it cut away for everyone else too. <laughs> and he just fucking starts eating. And like, is he allowed to do that? <laughs> it's fucking funny. He's great. He's fantastic. Um, Vince Vaughn's, is he one of the most underrated actors? I, I mean, I don't know if he gets necessarily the credit he deserves because he was a star while Will Ferrell was the A star. Yeah. Um, I think he gets a lot of credit though, because he's in a lot of very popular movies from Wedding Crashers to Dodgeball, um, a, a fucking old school. Yeah. Which is with Will Ferrell. Yeah. He's been a couple of very, very popular comedies. I know I'm missing some, too. He's also had a lot of bad movies, though. Very true. Um, I do remember one movie. I, I remember loving Four Christmases when I was younger. Don't remember if that was actually a good movie, but I remember loving it. I know Couples Retreat I enjoy. Okay, yeah. And that's a good one with him. Uh, John Favreau, also. Farvo. Whoa. It's Favreau. Whoa, whoa. I thought it was Farvo. John Favreau. Wait a second. Ty. What's up? This can't be right. Talk to me. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, never mind. He's in Rudy. Vince Vaughn? Yeah. But when I was I, I when I looked at it, I thought it was saying he was playing Rudy. Did not play Rudy. Yeah. That's the that's, that's the brother from Fifty First Dates. Oh shit. Yeah. Would have never known that. Yeah. Alright, so uh enjoyment, what'd you give it? Fourteen. I also gave it a fourteen. Uh, again, I think we just talked beforehand and we just do one score. We gave it a little bit different because you gave it a lower visual slash cinematography. It's true. Um, this is in my uh, 14 is in my let's go to it. Would not go out of my way to watch again, but I would watch it again. I absolutely would because I do think it'd be funny the second time. I don't think I'm ever just going to put it on. But if it's something that I see on like at my dad's house or just on in general, I'll definitely sit down and watch at least a good amount of it just because the one liners. Um, it's a movie that I feel like you can pick up anywhere. Yeah. And get a chuckle. And you just, you don't really care about the story, which it didn't get a lot of points from us for yeah. that. It's something where you know what's going on the entire time. You sit down. Hey, this scene's funny. Hey, this scene's funny. Yeah. And the second part of that is would recommend to someone who has not watched it. I probably will recommend it to my dad because it seems right up his alley. Oh, he's going to fucking love this. It seems right up he's his gonna alley. He's going to love this movie. <laughs> it's fucking great. Uh, one thing I forgot about in characters, and I think we should give it some credit, mm-hmm. um, give credit where credit's due. I got Morgan Freeman narrate this. That wasn't Morgan Freeman. No fucking way. Is that someone who's pretending to be Morgan Freeman? You didn't read the intro scene? No, I didn't. So it pauses and it says, like, our lawyer said that not to do drugs. Also, the guy that is doing the narration is not Morgan Freeman. It's a guy (laughs) from Family Guy who does Morgan Freeman impression. See, I thought it sounded a little bit off, but I was like, they really got Morgan Freeman? And I was like, he's kind of funny. I'd see him doing this. (laughs) No, it was... It's a guy who is known for for his Morgan Freeman impression. That's fantastic. I looked away. I, I'm still giving him well, points for making on, me think it was Morgan Freeman. It was on the screen really quickly, and then it like went away, and like me and Ryan rewound and uh, paused it. I'm fine and with that. to read it. They still get credit for having Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your final score? Final score, Jason, comes out to... I think I know what it is. 66. Oh, really? That low? Um, I had a 12 and a 12 and a 15 and a 14 and a 14. That makes sense. Oh, did I give 67? I had a 12 and a 12 (laughs) and a 15 and a 14 and a 14. I gave it 67. I gave it a 70 even. Okay. So pretty close. I thought we would disagree on this. I thought, honestly, Ty, I thought you were going to shit on this movie. Again, I was expecting to not like it as much as I did. Um, it's just a very enjoyable fucking watch, dude. Yeah. I don't know what else there is to say. It's just something where you can sit down and have a good time and know it's not going to blow you away and know it's not some award-winning comedy. Yeah. It's just a good fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it is what it is. And so let me let me do something first here, Jason. It ranks 21st on our scale. Right behind Eurovision, right? Right behind Eurovision. Okay. Right in front of... Stuber? Stuber. I laughed more at Stuber. I definitely didn't. That's fair. You had to see you had to watch like a movie theater recording and you were at work. You need to sit down and I fully, don't think that matters for comedy. You need to Jay. sit down and fully digest it. I don't think that matters. You might have missed comedies. some funny lines. Maybe I didn't give it enough visual cinematography score. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that does hurt it when you're watching it off of a camcorder from the movie theater. Again. Allegedly. <laughs> What were you going to say, though? You were mentioning so, our ranking. Here's my thing, Jay. While I, while I update our ranking here. Now, this movie has a 24% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. 
It has an 85 audience score right now. That's pretty high. Minimal 46 audience uh, reviews, 21 critics, but it's enough to get an idea. Yeah. I don't understand why you have to have some award-winning Oscar-worthy comedy to get any love nowadays for comedies. Yeah. Because I look at this and I compare it to other stupid movies from the early 2000s. Yeah. Other funny comedies that are classics that everyone loves that have in the 80% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know, you go back and look and you have movies, you know, Step Brothers, Anchorman, those kind of comedies. I do think those are a little better than this. I agree. Yeah. But. Well, not probably not a little better, but yeah. I, again, I agree. But you have those stupid comedies, you know, Talladega Nights. Also better. <laughs> better. Dumb but, and Dumber. Ace Ventura. Well, Ace Ventura didn't get bad, good critic reviews either, but. You have these classics, and it seems like nowadays, in order to have a standout comedy film, it has to be Booksmart, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And even Booksmart gets compared to Superbad. Booksmart is much better storytelling and everything than Superbad. Yeah, I Booksmart was funny, but I rewatched Booksmart like two months ago. And I didn't laugh as much as I thought I did. It's a good movie first and a comedy second. Yeah. And that's what it has to be nowadays for you to give any love from critics and, you know, that kind of thing. You look at a movie like The Big Sick, which is technically a comedy, but I know it's like an award-winning, you know, story-type film. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at Death of Stalin, which is another one. I haven't seen Dolanite as my name, but I know that's something. And these comedies are more good movies first and then comedies. Yeah. And that's not how it was in the early 2000s. And so people are going to look at this and be like, oh, it's got a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a shit movie. Like we did. Yeah. And then you watch it and you're like, wait wait a minute. This is exactly what they were pumping out in the early 2000s that people were just eating up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's crazy to me that it's like you have to have some award-winning fucking story now to get any love. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be that way. You should be able to have comedies like this where you just sit down and fucking laugh at stupid scenes and enjoy it yeah and especially this movie because it was very apparently not trying to take itself serious like if it was trying to take itself serious and presented it in that way then i can understand that but it was very much like a stupid you know we're making fun of the purge kind of idea with drugs and just laugh yeah uh, uh, again not necessarily a spoof but it's very much a we're gonna take this concept and just have fun with it yeah and I, i think they did that very well this falls in the like, the don't mess with the Zohan level of comedy for me. Hundred percent agree with that. It's like, something where it's a stupid movie. It's funny to watch. It's below like the Iconics, but it's still funny, quotable. You know, I'd rewatch it. You know, so that's kind of where it's at. Like the don't mess with the Zohan. I can't really think of any other examples off the top of my head, but it, yeah, it was a funny movie, man. I just I think yeah, expectations are really high. Um, like you said, you have to make a good movie first and it's almost even too like nowadays, you know, I'm all for representation. Like we were talking about earlier and like sending messages about social awareness and everything, but it is almost like if you have these like underlying social matters, that's going to get good reviews no matter what, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, for um, sure. Man, that's why I'm like, it seems like it's a necessity where I don't think this is a genre where you need that i mean book smart has a worse audience score and that's because it's more uh you know award-winning type film first yeah 
it's not a sit down and just watch and enjoy. It's a good story. Yeah. With some very funny elements. Yeah. Um, going, you know, other movies that are from the 2000s. Zack and Mary make a porno. It's like one of the top rated ones, believe it or not. It's a stupid movie of people making a porno. <laughs> Never seen it. Um, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> That's just two potheads going to get burgers and a couple wild shit happens. Yeah. Great rated. That's not an award-winning fucking story. That's just a funny watch it and then laugh. Yeah. That's got a 74 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's crazy, dude. Uh, the movie Role Models. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I don't think so. It's funny. I would say maybe the story's a little bit better. But it's, got a it's 77. very similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's all this shit. <laughs> Semi-Pro. I don't know if Semi-Pro has a better score, but Semi-Pro does not have a better story than this. Semi-Pro is in the in this don't mess with the Zohan, you know, yeah. this range. Uh, Semi-Pro has a 22 with a 38% audience. Damn. I thought it was better than that. So I just, I don't know, man. I think this is, if uh, like you said, if this was in the early 2000s, huge movie. Yeah. It's not going to do anything in today's standards, yeah. though. It sucks. Cause I enjoyed it. You know what else falls in that category? Huh. Underappreciated comedies that are really funny, but they came out too late. Not Stuber. Stuber. Not Stuber. You need to rewatch Stuber. Can you do that for me? Oh my god, Jay. We don't even know what we're watching next week. Rat Race. I'm gonna make Rat Race my bad movie review of the month, even though I don't think it's a bad movie. It's not a great movie. Not allowed. Why? I think it has too high of a score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a forty four. That's way too high. We're averaging like twelve. I just want you to watch Rat Race for my birthday. Zero percent chance. What's the audience? 64 audience and you're going to give me a bad movie? Get that shit out of here, Jay. For my birthday? No, we already have something else planned for your birthday. Oh, yeah. We got to. It's going to take a lot of preparation. Yeah. Um, Haven't even started it. Where does American Pickle, uh, Pickle land? American Pickle is sitting at. Where the fuck did it go? 23 couple spots below we gave american pickle a 62.5 oh, i was thinking 23 overall i'm like you're wrong <laughs> did not get a 23 62.5 was its total score we gave this a 68.5 that's fair this was a funnier american pickle was probably a little bit more unique of a story i guess i don't know but it was not as funny by any means yeah i'd agree with that so that's probably fair stuber it's a great movie did you ever watch the movie uh while we're talking about it uh lovebirds I started it. Mm-hmm. No, I did not ever finish it. I th- I just like Camille Nanjani. Me and Ryan were talking about that, and if I had to make a Mount Rushmore of actors, it'd be Camille, Will Ferrell, Michael Keaton, and the fourth spot is up for anyone to earn at this point. Give me those four again. Camille Nanjani, Will Ferrell, Michael Keaton. And I'm only going male, male actors, not actors and actresses. I mean, I enjoy Camille. He's fucking good, dude. He's going to be Eternals. He's fucking ripped in it. Oh, big movie news, Jay. Hmm. Eternals is now just called Eternals. Yeah, what is that? I saw they like changed their... They just got rid of the the. I don't understand why that makes news. You know why they did it? Because the Batman. Or the Suicide Squad, which was formerly just Suicide Squad. James I'm... Gunn tweeted about that. He was like, thanks to Marvel for lending me at the... Why is he like... I don't know. He's just... I mean, honestly... Play the middleman, dude. Give us some sort of fucking crossover movie. That'd be dope. Well, it seems like he's just kind of shitting on Marvel all the time. No, it was played for jokes. Like, someone tagged him in it. He was like, thanks oh. to my friends at Marvel for letting me borrow a the. It was, just, oh, it, was, okay. it was played for jokes. It wasn't a shitting on him. Because I know he said that thing about creative freedom and all that. 
He did. Have you ever seen the movie The Big Sick? I haven't seen it. I know I, I brought it up. I haven't actually seen it, though. That's got Nanjiani in it. Yeah, Riley was saying I would really like it because of him. It's got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Damn. He's on my Mount Rushmore, man. Stuber, great movie. If anyone hasn't seen it, go watch it. It falls right in this the binge. If you enjoyed the binge, you'll enjoy Stuber. Heard it here first, folks. Even though Tyler doesn't. But that's because he's stupid. I don't know. I might. I'll give Stuber a rewatch. Thank you, Ty. Eventually. I that. If we go on our trip uh, in a few weeks, maybe we'll all watch Stuber together. Maybe. Cook cook some, some barbecue, some burgers or something. Watch some Stuber. Well, I do like barbecue and burgers. <laughs> that's all I got to do. It's just like leave a barbecue open with some patties next to it. <laughs> a little bit of seasoning on the side. And you'll just fucking like be attracted like a trap. I'll just be staring at it. It'll be eyeballing me all night. I'll just be sitting on the couch sweating. <laughs> you got anything else, Ty? I don't. Go watch The Binge. Yes. It was a good movie. Jason, I think we should try and figure out what we're doing next week. Have we not planned that? No. No, I don't think we have. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. Just uh, just watch every movie that releases next week. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, as of right now, we have we have a gap. And then we have the next two. We'll figure it out. So we got a little room. Uh, maybe New Mutants if we can find a way to watch it. Probably not, though. We'll go to the drive-in. Tenet's probably in the same boat where there's no way to watch it. Well, if we go on our trip to Vegas or to Nevada, we could watch Tenet. Yeah. That we could. Then we'll have to figure it out. And get coronavirus. The Rock has corona. Really? Yeah. No. His wife and his daughters. How did I not hear about that? I was trending on Twitter before I came over. Really? Yeah, he's on the back end of it, though. Got through it. Good for him. He's a champ. He's the people's champ. (laughs) (laughs) How? Okay. You're going to explain to my dumb brain how these rich people get corona. In my mind, they could just live in their mansions and never have to leave. Or they're rich so they can do whatever they want. That's also true. Lots of money means lots of things you can do. That's true. That's very true. I think Blake Griffin was having a party on a yacht. I think that's an old picture. Was it? Yeah, because they've talked about it before on part of my take. I think he just likes having parties on yachts. Yeah, maybe. I mean, could you blame him? <laughs> All right, Ty. Send us off, my friend. Figure out what movie we're going to watch. Just fucking use your brain power. Yep. And be ready next week, everybody. In the meantime, be a good friend.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.